Well, we're here with Tom Hostra. He's the mayor of the city of Richland. He wanted to sit down for part two uh, of this uh, to discuss an issue that's really kind of permeating through the community, uh, and that is the problem uh, with the fire department's uh, leadership there. Uh, um, talk to me about uh, what happened and, and how we got here. Well, that's a lengthy discussion. Uh, the city attorney at the time, Misty White, uh, looked at this issue that basically was resolved through the audit. The city attorney, Misty White, said the department's status as an independent nonprofit could jeopardize its access to municipal legal and protections from lawsuits on behalf of the city of Richland. Cities have some limited governmental immunity. Say somebody got hurt or somebody wanted to sue the city for not responding fast enough to fires, the city has immunity because the city government was formed under the laws of the state of Iowa and a 501c3 does not have that immunity. Yeah, so what I understood to say was that a 501c, or, or well, it comes down to this 28E agreement, uh, a 28E agreement can't be signed with any kind of a private entity, which is what a 501c3 is. It's between two government agencies, and, and without the uh, 28E agreements between the township, there's basically no protections on limits of liability, is there? Uh, I'm not a lawyer, but I would agree with you. Okay, so that 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 could be solved with the, the with the townships uh, uh, signing the 2080 agreement, but uh, we can't seem to get there. And uh, uh, but there are some other problems. Uh, 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 can you tell me a little bit about um, maybe some of the things that came up in this meeting uh, that that preceded the the city uh, council to terminate the contract of the of the uh, fire chief. Well, the city doesn't have a contract with the well, fire chief. <clears throat> well, on May 16th of this year, the, in a special city council meeting, uh, the, the former fire chief was in attendance and was asked about his duties and responsibilities under the Richland City Codebook of Ordinances. And he responded that he and the rest of the volunteer fire department work for the Richland Township and not the city of Richland. And then I remember uh, one of the council members uh, referenced the Richland Codebook of Ordinances and he said, your book, not mine. So everybody kind of looked at each other uh, dumbfounded. I think everybody was confused. So there were some more questions asked, I think probably in request to develop some more information at a later time. So then on the the regular scheduled meeting of the 12th of June, Richland City Council <clears throat> members uh, made a motion and seconded to accept his resignation. So the question is, did he resign or was he terminated? And I guess the, probably the way the motion was proposed, uh, the council member who made the motion inferred that he did in fact resign when he told the city on the 16th of May that he did not work for the city of Richland rather than the Richland Township. Okay. Uh, um, but there's, there's a lot of legal issues here uh, about it. Um, can you talk to me some more about uh, some of the issues that have been brought up here? Well, I think first and foremost, as I represent the city of Richland, as do the council members, the city attorney at the time, uh, Misty White, said that the department's status as an independent nonprofit could jeopardize the city's access to municipal legal protections 
from lawsuits where cities have some limited government immunity. Say somebody got hurt or somebody wanted to sue the city for not responding fast enough to fires, the city has immunity because the city is a governmental entity formed under the laws of the state of Iowa where a 501c3 that uh, is implied does not. Well, uh, or, let's, or, or cannot provide that immunity to the city. Well, I looked into who has authority, and that seems to be some of the dispute here. Uh, but it looks like the last uh, three attorneys that we had all said that it was the city uh, of Richland that has the authority over the fire department. Yes, that's what the three attorneys have said, yes. So um, there's no dispute on that. Well, uh, Let's talk a little bit uh, about the solutions. Um, I, I don't see any other solution than the, the township trustees signing a, a 28 E agreement, which seems to be pretty standard across the state. What are the barriers for them to do that? Well, the city of Richland is obligated by law to provide uh, workman's compensation insurance to the firefighters one way or another. And uh, I, I think probably that was the starting point. That's the thing that started this. And it, it's been going on for years and years and years. If I could, I got some information here for you. Go ahead. On the 3rd of, excuse me, the 3rd of January in 2005, Russ Sporer from Noel Insurance was present to explain some information regarding the letter of the mayor, and that would be in Tom Robertson at that time and council had received from the Iowa Municipal Workmen's Comp, Comp Association stating that the city of Richland is now considered a high-risk member at the monitoring level due to its partial compliance with the volunteer firefighter criteria. The council gave the support to have that done, whatever is needed to be in full compliance. So Iowa Municipal Workmen's Comp is a uh, self-insuring <coughs> self where the municipalities go together and provide insurance. Uh, on behalf of themselves. So the city of Des Moines, Waterloo, Dubuque, whomever that aren't self-insured can get uh, quality insurance from Iowa Workers' Comp. So as you'll see on the cover picture, this is the actual amount uh, of money that was paid for for the uh, in physicals for the fire department. It's not what uh, the fire department puts out. This is the exact number, and this is good for five years. The fire department, I'm told, is in compliance with this, and they will not be required to take another physical until 2016. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, this uh, uh, physical issue? Yeah, as I told you before, Iowa Municipal Workmen's Comp Association requires a physical uh, probably due to call volume. I know some places get it done once a year. I know some places get it done uh, every two years. And the city of Richland is fortunate enough to only have this physical issue uh, dealt with every five years. So on the 13th, <coughs> excuse me, the 13th of April in 2021, we received an a, uh, invoice from MedCompass out of Minneapolis. They came down and did 23 firefighter physicals with uh, hazmat, physical, hearing, vision, whatever. And the cost of that was $4,620. So over the course of five years, that's basically $920. And to put this into perspective, uh, the library over here on the uh, east side of the square, their internet bill uh, monthly is $80 
from uh, Natel and Fairfield. So basically, if you look at this from that perspective, we pay $80 a month to protect the firefighter. Well, it seems like a, a reasonable thing. Um, well, uh, is there anything else about this issue that you'd like to, to talk about? Yeah, the most important thing I think is, is that we're going after the insurance company here because they require physicals to be performed. I think it's pertinent that you understand what the value of Iowa Municipal Workers' Comp Association really is. Iowa Municipal Workmen's Comp Association, their policy is uh, extraordinary in my mind. Uh, you're a firefighter and as soon as you uh, get paged out, you're covered by this insurance policy. You can be in your pickup headed down the road and say at two o'clock in the morning a drunk driver hits you. Okay, <clears throat> as an example, if you're hurt on the job, which that is on the job, individuals shall be paid an amount equal to what he or she would be paid if injured in the course of his or her regular employment or an amount equal to 140% of the statewide average weekly wage, whichever is greater. And that amount today is the current volunteer rate is $1,539.37 a week. Uh, say you're laid up for 52 weeks, that's in excess of $80,000 a year that you're covered through this insurance policy while you're unable to work. Then in addition to that, uh, the catastrophic claim. Uh, if you go to assigned risk insurance, which is what I think is probably at the, at the least is what they're trying to do is, is that say the city uh, no longer purchases, purchases insurance for the firefighters and they go into assigned risk. The city's fortunate to be accepted into the Iowa Municipal Workmen's Comp Association. The rates are 37% lower than assigned risk insurance, as I just read to you about the coverage for the accidents. And then in addition to that, God forbid that a firefighter loses his life, uh, his widow and children will get a structured settlement of $2 million rather than $1 million that you're probably going to get out of assigned risk insurance. So the question is, you know, in a, in a way, Dave, I'm appealing to the wife, soon to be a widow. Is it reasonable to request your husband to take a physical every five years for 20 minutes and that you're going to get this insurance policy that covers him while he's unable to work at $1,500 a week? And, and if, like I said, is if he's un, uh, killed in the line of duty, do you want $1 million or $2 million? And I mean, that, that in essence is why I say Iowa Municipal Workmen's Comp is, uh, stands above and beyond what is available in assigned risk insurance. Okay. Well, um, there's also a lot of talk in town about a new fire department. Um, uh, it's unclear. Um, there's no, seem to be no public proposed plan to it, but they seem to uh, bought some land. Um, it seems like uh, with interest rates the way they are and the cost the way they are, this would be a very expensive time to build a new fire department, wouldn't it? So yeah, I've heard from a lot of taxpayers. They're concerned about what a new fire station would cost. Can you tell us a little bit about, you've done some research into how much it would cost to build another fire station? 
Well, the current building is 3,760 3, square foot if you're looking at $200 a square foot, and I think that's probably what the going rate is right now with concrete, electrical plumbing, and whatnot. So 3,760 square foot times $200 is roughly three quarters of a million dollars. Well, that's a, a, a plenty, and that just gives them what they have. Right, that would be a duplication of what of the 3,760 square foot facility at, at that is currently serving. So for to do them any good at all, it'd be double that at least. Well, I, I can't say that, I'm not a contractor. Okay, well anyway, uh, uh, let's talk. Let's go back and talk about this 501c3 because this isn't the first time uh, uh, Chief Ehrenfeld and the City Council has kind of run into problems ahead over this 501c3. Yeah, as I stated earlier. Well, uh, this problem kind of goes back a few years. Can you kind of tell us a little brief history of uh, how we got to where we're at today? Yeah, it could go back, you know, even beyond this fire chief. Uh, April 3rd, 1995, Fire Chief uh, appeared at a city council meeting to ask for support towards the expense of a uh, phone line. Then in 1999, the Fire Chief sent attendance to the city council uh, regarding uh, first responder memorial account reports. Uh, 2000, the Fire Chief's in attendance talking to the city council about uh, reports to the city. Then in, again in 99, I'll back up a little bit, uh, Councilman Wright discussed the need for additional pagers to equip the fire department members. Motion by Robert, seconded by Henshaw to authorize the fire department to spend up to $4,000 for pagers, all eyes. See, I think what's been going on here, they, I keep getting this lack of communication and transparency. The city council meets monthly. Uh, the township trustees and the city of Richland and the ordinance that is on file now that's enforceable creates a communication line of a fire board. Those presenting their money for fire protection in the fire district run the money through the city's books. There's a, a, an isolated ide identity for fire protection, the fund. The clerk is in the city hall every five days, five days a week. She pays the bills. The bills get published in the paper, and this is a clerical issue in my mind and nothing more than that. I think one of the counter claims by the township and or the firefighters or some of the firefighters, and like I said, I don't believe this is all the firefighters, but that's not my concern at this point. I think the issue at hand is, is whether the city has the final say. The city should always have the final say if there's a new building going up in town. They have a process where you apply for a building permit if the city has a vested interest that benefits the taxpayers in town where the fire, fire, fire station would go, then that would be up, the ultimate decision is up to the city. No one living outside of the city uh, understands this. They're not paying taxes probably to, to support the other things that are going on here. If you want to expand, that's fine, but the city council probably has a better idea here at place. Whereas you have to think it from this, these lines, once you vacate or abandon that building up there, it becomes useless and worthless to the city. So if the replacement cost on it was $750,000, what is the city of Richland gonna do with that vacant building? You could say, well, you can sell it to somebody. Who is it adaptable to? The bulk water sales outside the building, that would have to be replumbed, taken out. Where are we gonna move that to? There are things at play here that represent the city of Richland's 
interest in all of this. And I think that's being lost. And I think it'd be nice that there's a lot of taxpayers in town that are concerned about absorbing all these costs. Uh, well, Tom, uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about today? Uh, not really. Uh, I, I think probably what's happened here, and it's, it's really kind of sad, uh, the town has been divided up over these issues. Uh, fire protection should never, ever, ever be politicized, nor should it be weaponized. And that's what's happened here. Uh, there's a couple of phrases, I guess you say, or identities that I would use a demagogue at play here, a political leader who seeks support by appealing to the desires and prejudices of ordinary people rather than using rational arguments, or a person who causes political or social trouble by opposing authority and encouraging others to do so. You do not weaponize or politicize fire protection. It's not a secret society. You can't intentionally hemorrhage a workable relationship. Okay. Manufacturing conflict to run roughshod over the city, pitting neighbor against neighbor, creating a hostile takeover, and we all support and appreciate what the firefighters do. Right. There's no question about that from anybody. But well, we don't solve our problems this way. We sit down and discuss them. And the city's ordinance and the 2080 agreement that they had proposed to all four townships is reasonable. The underlying problem that I see is that where the city has the ultimate say at the end over a new building that would be constructed in town, forcing the city to abandon and basically lose everything that they'd put into that building down there. And like I said, the replacement cost is three quarters of a million dollars. And also, one of the issues at hand here, and I'm going a little bit further here, I know I've talked to township clerks who have written checks for fire protection twice a year and checks weren't being cashed. I know this. Uh, the city clerk knows it. The city of Richland has a city clerk working five days a week. The bills would filter through her, and they would be published in the paper the same way that the library's bills are. What happens two years from now when the library trustees approach the city and say, we want to build a new library? Whose decision would that be? What happens when the Little League approaches the city in a couple of years and said, we want a new uh, complex to play softball and baseball on. Does the city bow down to that? Does the city continue to bow down over these arguments? It comes down to dollars and cents and it comes down to uh, sitting down and discussing things and, and being allowed to explain the other side. I think from my perspective, the uh, council members here in, in town have been silenced and uh, ultimately what happens in Richland, Iowa is, is the responsibility of the council people and to basically take these people and toss them out the door because you don't agree with them, that's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. This whole thing is ridiculous. Well, uh, uh, hopefully 
uh, we can uh, have the best of both worlds where we have the, the response time and the excellent ability of the fire department to put out the fires, which, they can, which no one contests that they do, and also have some liability protections for the taxpayers and for the businesses that are coming into town. Well, thanks for your time, Tom. Thank you, Dave.